You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to Smashed from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady. And I'm Aaron Albano. You are. Welcome back, listeners, to our tongue-in-cheek recap of what is still the Broadway community's favorite TV show, Smash. Yes, we're talking about the NBC series that aired... Yes, we're talking about the NBC series that aired from 2012 to 2013. Smash was also an incredible glimpse into the theater community in the early 2000s, as many of the show's writers... Actors and dancers were played by real Broadway performers with real Broadway cred. But we wanted to go back in time to see how the show has weathered, what it got right, and what it got very, very wrong. So let's dive in and talk about Season 1, Episode 5, Let's Be Bad. Aaron, give us the stats. Fierce, Mo. Fierce. Let's Be Bad premiered on March 5th, 2012. It was written by Julie Rottenberg and Alyssa Zeritsky and directed by Jamie Babbitt. Take note. This episode is the first in the series to have an all-female writer-director team. Slay. The episode premiered live to 7.76 million viewers, which was up by 17% from the previous week. Wow. Yeah. Including DVR viewing, the episode was seen by a total of 10.22 million that week. Not much music in this one, though. There was only one original song, the titular number, Let's Be Bad, by Shaman and Whitman, with two covers of It's a Man's 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 World by James Brown, and a song for you by Donny Hathaway. And what, and what happens in this episode, Mo? As performers in the Bombshell Workshop are warming up to start for a rehearsal day, Derek works with Karen on new choreography for the bridge sequence. Ivy walks in and, clearly startled, asks, Am I late? Eileen is anxious about the script's development, interrupting Tom on a date with a handsome lawyer who he's just not that into. But it's really Julia who's stalling over dinner at Westway Diner with Michael Swift. Eileen uses Sneaky Ellis to spy on Julia's progress. Derek is pissed about everything going well, even pitting Ivy against Karen by asking Cartwright to perform a tricky vocal passage in front of a full company music rehearsal. Oh, that way. In a private rehearsal, Karen graciously apologizes for the awkward situation, which Ivy labels taking singing lessons from a chorus girl. Ivy has a lot on her plate, but she's handling it, which she shows both the audience in the rehearsal room and watching on TV at home with a fully staged fantasy version of Let's Be Bad. Ivy goes out for drinks with Sam and Michael and afterwards, while drunk, confronts Derek at his apartment about why he can't support her more. Derek tells her he wishes that people, quote, didn't have those annoying feelings, to which Ivy yells back, theater is about feelings. (laughs) Derek the Nightmare gives her a pseudo-apology, which is more than enough for Ivy to spend the night. Also, Julia's son gets arrested while she's out with Michael Swift, who woos her with a front stoop serenade. And Karen learns how to be sexy to help her boyfriend, Dev, get a leg up in the running for the mayor's new press secretary job. All these things (laughs) at the end are like the things that no one will care about. Yes. No, perfect. All right. Favorite performance by an ensembleist? We'll get to we'll get to that fantasy let's be bad in a second. Sure, yeah. But this is where we're definitely seeing the bombshell core. Right. If that makes sense. We've yeah. started seeing the whole company. Mm-hmm. And even even in the fantasy like sections. Right. Where you'll see Savannah, Philip, 
Right, they're, rest, all they're all dancing in, in the in the workshop. But even in the fantasies, up will pop Ricky Tripp, up will pop Joe Reed. You'll see Jess Golden, who we aren't seeing in the rehearsal room, but are in the fantasy version of the completed show. Mm -hmm. My favorite performance, not that you asked, but my favorite performance was Manny Santos on the foam roller in the opening of the (laughs) rehearsal. I thought that was the best performance by a foam roller I've seen on screen in quite a long time. Do you have a foam roller like that? No, I have the one with like spikes. Oh, okay. And a PVC pipe in the middle. Do you bring it to rehearsal? No, it just sits at it sits at work. Oh, okay. So like you would like just leave it if you were doing a workshop. You would have brought it on day one and just left. And just left it there. Yeah, Yeah. probably. So safe space. Hey, moments that scream 2012 to me were Christine Bendel holding up an iPhone in music rehearsal to get her part. Yes, it's like she her arm is extended and she's got her. I'm like, just put it down on the music stand. That's where those belong. You just put your iPhone on the music stand. This is dating me, which is the entire subplot of Of this this entire miniseries. But I had like a microphone on my iPod. (gasps) It was like an attachment. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That attached on like because the lightning's what we have now, right? Yeah, right. The it other, t- the bigger yeah, one. Yeah, the bigger one. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. And you turned your phone upside down, yeah. so you could record. Mm, oh. Those were the days. See, why didn't anybody have that? Here's an Albano fact check for you. Rehearsal. Have you ever had a director lead a music rehearsal? Derek is the one who's giving. Yeah. The notes, right? He's the one that's like, Ivy, you aren't singing it right, Karen show ivy how to sing it right so sing happy birthday right i mean i've been in rooms where where directors would like give a note here and there from the other table right but it definitely seems like he's leading the rehearsal and i guess there's also an element where are we to assume that tom is the musical director right there's no music director. there is no music there's only larry the accompanist the music director because he sure is not giving any notes no so he must just be like andy shows up late for private music rehearsals Mm -hmm. he's leading rehearsal and that's this developmental workshop i mean there's no money there's zero money there are there are a total of to broadway there are a total of 13 actors and we're told that the workshop is quote primarily for the ensemble derek said that in the last episode but it's weird that there's 11 ensemble members and two leads, right? And there's a lot of producer pressure if this is developmental. Eileen is very present. Would you do a workshop for an ensemble? If you were trying to develop ensemble numbers, you would do pre-pro. Yes. A a workshop is to like figure out the arc of the story. Yeah, with their literal two leads in the the room. Yeah, and if it makes sense. And you wouldn't go into a workshop. Unless it was like a dance show. Yeah. Unless it was like... Maybe Bombshell is dancing and we just didn't even know. And we know. had no clue. Yeah, so no, to answer your question, that was odd. The dynamic in that room just showed how toxic this room was. Yeah. And I was like, what are we showing? It really makes you wonder why these are the people that have been brought together to do this project. That has zero money. Well, also, and it, here's here's what's interesting too, because this and I think last episode were the first episodes where... The title clued you into the thematic elements of the episode. Like last episode was Cost of Art, mm-hmm. and all of it was pretty much like about, about the sacrifice. And yeah. About, well, that too, but like the sacrifices you give, whether it's your sanity or, or, or your art or like actual money to get it put up, whatever. This one is called Let's Be Bad, and you watch everyone being bad, including many people involved in this show and in this rehearsal. Mm-hmm. A, you see Derek playing all these games with his cast which I don't even know where to begin on that one. Start somewhere. 
<laughs> like I, he seems terrible. He seems I do not like Derek. It's disgusting. He's a nightmare. He plays this game where he yells and kicks and screams at Ivy for doing it wrong, whatever that even means. Right. And then calls up the other not even she's not even the understudy, no. right? She's literally just she's the there because they felt bad. She's the woman who didn't get the part. Yeah. And then set like asks her to demo. In front of the entire company. Which she handles very graciously. Yes, Karen she does. handles that moment graciously. She does it. She commits to it. And then she shrugs it off and laughs it off and is like, this and is And she says, this is feel. weird. Yes. And is that's the, the first thing she says mm-hmm. in the private rehearsal. Yeah. That Ivy's completely playing games in also. Right. And no stage manager. Right. You would never have a rehearsal without a stage manager in the room. I mean, can we even call it a real rehearsal, though? No, but the, but like, Derek <clears throat> called it. He said, yes, he did. you have a rehearsal. It wasn't just like, Off go, the cuff, work, like go work on yeah. this. Yeah. That had to end up on a schedule. The fact that Julia is just chilling with Michael Swift and not writing any pages that she's supposed to be Well, writing. she's trying to adopt a baby from China. Oh, yeah, that too. Her her son is... Is getting arrested. Getting arrested, who's also being bad. Yeah, and, and Frank then... is in Berkeley getting his teaching certification. Oh, is that where he was? Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. I was just like, I guess Brian was busy. Yeah, and then you have Tom, who's completely distracted from this show. I'm like, wasn't this your baby? Watching it again, I'm way more invested in the fact that, like, Derek is an asshole to everybody. Uh-huh. Ivy is literally a crazy person. Yeah. Who is employed not just once but twice right now yeah and that karen is the voice of reason Mm -hmm. no one's caring no one cares about this show that they're all supposedly so invested in yes yeah tell me about your thoughts on let's be bad the song itself the the fully staged oh the fully staged fantasy fantasy number yes it was it was another sort of deviation from the convention that was set up earlier in the the season because it wasn't quite a projection of what the number could be, or maybe it, because those people weren't in the room. Sure. I think there's a lot of problems with how the series is using fantasy sequences. Yeah. Well, because this, this, this number had an entire pre-scene leading up to the number. Like, where she enters, and it was this entire, like... Oh, right, and there's the cameraman and, like, the woman who's Yeah, like, and I was like, she's Ms. Monroe. I was like, these people don't exist. Right. Yet, if this is us watching the number in the room mm-hmm. in a an elevated way, how is this even part of the? We've deviated from mm-hmm. the number that we've watched, right? Sure, because those people don't exist. Fun fact: Go. The cameraman was the first time I went in for Smash. I oh, read really? For the cameraman. Yeah, yes, that was cameraman. the first that fantasy the, cameraman. That was the first role that I auditioned for on the series. Didn't book it. Sorry. It's, okay. it's fine. You it, originated a show on the show. B- bigger, better things. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I like the number. Yeah. Oh, the number itself, I thought it was great. I think that this is where we really start to see Josh Bogas's great choreographic work on the I show. Agree. We're seeing sort of like snippets. The challenge of Josh Bogas as the choreographer of Smash is that he's not creating numbers. He's creating moments of numbers, right? Yes. Or like we're, we're seeing like... The work session in the callback Mm -hmm. where we're seeing what a number might look like in the pilot, the national pastime. Mm -hmm. But this is where it's like, all right, if I staged a number, it would look like this. This is the extent of it. I mean, it's a long 
Yeah, it's a sequence. It's just, yeah. It's not even just a number. It's right. a full. The women come in and there's lots of them. And yeah. the men, I mean, it's a, I think it's 10 women and eight men. Like it's a big ensemble. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. watch this, right? And there's a it. journey that goes on. Yeah, there's storytelling involved. Yeah. It's, if this is what this workshop is leading toward, this is some good work right. being done amidst all of this drama. I think what doesn't ground us as viewers of the television series is we don't know if this is what it could be what it will be, what it will never be. We don't know where they fit into the future of Smash. Yes. I keep thinking about the phrase palace intrigue, referring to the activities of people in the court of a king or a okay. queen. Okay, yes. Right, it's like the drama that's happening in the room. Yes. And so much of the drama is not happening in the room. Yes, on yes. Smash. It's happening outside of the mm-hmm. room. When we get a great scene, honestly, I think the best scene we've seen so far is Ivy and Karen in the private rehearsal that's not actually a rehearsal. Sure. That is where we get to see the most truth, the most artist talking to another artist. I thought that was the best work we've seen of Megan Hilty so far in the series, is that she is juggling her embarrassment of having to come to yeah. this rehearsal. The fact that she wants to have some sort of control and come out on top Mm -hmm. right karen is trying to be nice but she's also trying to be in her place but she's also trying to not be a doormat to ivy absolutely when the show keeps the intrigue in the palace it's doing good and even i mean and maybe not even like the literal palace but like the other scene that i jumped to is the last scene with Derek and ivy oh sure because it's the same theater is a about feeling. Yeah, but I'm just like, there's, it's this power dynamic that now Ivy has flipped on, mm-hmm. where Ivy is now that girl, the and Derek's one. like, I'm the one trying to work, because that's the one thing that I wrote down. I was literally like, Derek is the only person in this episode working on the show. Everyone else is dealing with their own crap. And I'm like, Derek, the guy that I don't like in this room, I have to give kudos to, because he's literally the only person working on this show that we all supposedly care about. And when he says... Tom is trying to find a boyfriend. <laughs> clearly. she And he's like, I'm working on your show. She literally like kowtows and she's like, oh yeah. In a sensible like... Yeah, but he's also kind of a dick about it. Uh, completely. Oh, because that's also what I love about Megan in the role of Ivy. Because you'll have both of these scenes mm-hmm. where she... All her guard falls and all her security falls and all... Everything... She creates so much depth because she has both of these colors right. in the 40 minutes that we just watched. Mm-hmm. It's the power struggle and that power dynamic, I feel like, is the most interesting thing about the show. As much as I, like, cringed and hated it, the rehearsal room was really great. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fantastic. Let's watch that show. I love Christian Borle. I love Tom Lo- I don't love Tom Lovett. <laughs> but I don't care if he has a boyfriend or not. Right. Let's write some songs. <laughs> like, Or get your writing partner to write some write Especially some when you have good music yeah. that is being written by Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman that's just being sprinkled into. Yes. Like, the creation of those songs could be a part of the story. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah, I need more bombshell. More bomb. More bombshell. More bombshell. More, More bombshell. bombshell.
Special thanks to Aaron Albano for joining us for this mini-series. You can learn more about him and how to connect with him online by visiting our website, theensemblist.com. Are you enjoying the Smashed mini-series? If you are, let us know on any of our social media platforms. If you are having as much fun as we are, and we are, <laughs> let us know and we'll keep going. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. Please help others find out about The Ensemblist by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also download episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at theensemblist.com. Follow The Ensemblist on Instagram to see the latest posts from our website where we share the stories of talented artists working in Broadway ensembles. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.